0: You're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 50 Radio Network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can also find us on iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at right now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. We've got a voicemail set up that you can leave a message that we might use on a future broadcast at 772 750 That number is 772 772-245-0750. well we have entered uh, a new phase in this conflict with iran where they seem determined uh, to pro uh, provoke a direct conflict with the united states uh, obviously we have been engaged in heavy sanctions on them since president trump backed out of the disastrous nuclear deal that obama administration had uh, agreed to it was really a treaty that never was um, ratified by the senate as required by the constitution it was um, the uh, the former senator from tennessee uh, whose name escapes me right now that allowed that to happen he was chair of the uh, foreign affairs committee in the senate and agreed authored some legislation actually that enabled the Trump administration to enter into a disastrous deal that would allow Iran to become a nuclear power with a full complement of intercontinental ballistic missiles to deliver the warheads to the great Satan here in the United States. Gave them the power to uh, deliver on their constant threats of death to America. And Trump, uh, to his great credit, saw the deal for what it was, withdrew from it, And offered to renegotiate a a, a deal with Iran that allowed them to become a full member of the international community, but not to get nuclear weapons that would allow them to carry forward with their continuing threats to the United States and our allies. And we didn't have to wonder whether Iran was serious about carrying through with these threats. They've shown us over the last 40 years, ever since the fall of the Shah of Iran that was uh, foolishly allowed by Jimmy Carter, that they will, in fact, use whatever means at their disposal to attack the United States and its allies, and most especially Israel. So... Um, these crippling sanctions are having the effect of sowing discord in Iran, and they've got riots in the streets because people are suffering for the religious uh, zealots that run that country's determination to carry forward with this vendetta they have against the West, and uh, it has become destabilizing. And so, Iran is uh, has for the last well, I'd say four months now Been carrying uh, forward with a, uh, a low level, um, conflict against the United States, uh, the other, um, nations of the Persian Gulf there, including Saudi Arabia and Iran and Afghanistan. And, um, and they have been responsible for killing hundreds and hundreds of U.S. soldiers while Obama stood around and twiddled his thumbs, and ultimately delivered one hundred and fifty billion dollars to the mullahs in Iran so they could carry forward with their terrorist campaigns in Syria and uh, and and other areas. So in these last uh, few weeks, and uh, most especially yesterday, what they have been doing is returning to the tactics that that they used. In the 1980s, when I was a young um, radio operator aboard a guided-missile cruiser uh, patrolling the Persian Gulf, they have uh, attempted to interfere with um, navigation in the Persian Gulf by attacking internationally flagged ships as they transited through the uh, Straits of Hormuz. Back in those days, Ronald Reagan had us uh, counter-attacking uh, fast attack ships, boarding ships and searching them, uh, confiscating um, vessels that uh, were deemed to uh, be up to no good, and sinking ones that uh, that tried to approach the task force. Now, right now, the situation in uh, the Gulf is being framed by partisans on both sides, very irresponsibly by the. Democrat presidential candidates and the uh, and I have to say um, Pat Buchanan and his followers as a dichotomy between full-fledged war against Iran or doing nothing. They frame it as the United States is going to invade Iran uh, similar the United States under Trump will invade Iran similar to what Bush foolishly did in Iraq. Or uh, we have to uh, sit back and allow Iran to run wild in the Persian Gulf. That is not the reality of what's going on over there. Now, I know that John Bolton, as a national security advisor, gives everybody heartburn, me included, because he is, in fact, a neocon war hawk who has long advocated for the overthrow of the regime in Iran. For his uh, for his neocon and uh, pro Israeli interests, and uh, that is the kind of thing the United States should not be in business of. That's the kind of thing that leads to what we see with the seventeen uh, year year old occupation of Afghanistan, and this disastrous invasion of Iraq and and un, uh, unseating. Muammar Gaddafi's regime in Libya destabilizes the region and leaves us responsible for the mess that is created. But we don't have to invade Iran to correct their misbehavior in the Persian Gulf. What we have to do is engage in uh, regular naval activity that is keeping the sea lanes open, responding to threats, and when necessary, neutralizing those threats at the point of origin. In other words, it's not enough to sink these fast attack ships. You have to go to the, uh, to the port, the facility where they originated, and blow it the hell up. That will give the Iranian regime pause, because every time that happens, that will reduce their ability to protect themselves and respond to threats in their region not from the United States, but from other countries in their region. So you've got all of these people out there questioning Mike Pompeo on whether or not, in fact, Iran is responsible for these recent attacks on two uh, internationally flagged oil tankers going through the straits there. One was a Japanese tanker that was attacked while the Prime Minister Abe of Japan was actually in Iran, and the other was a Norwegian-flagged tanker. Um, and and they're saying these—I uh, don't want to use the term isolationist because I've been called an isolationist myself for wanting to avoid these uh, these stupid wars that that the neocons and the uh, war party keep taking us to. Uh, but they're they're skeptics. I I can understand, after having been burned in Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria and um, Libya, why they would be skeptical. But they've got videotape of the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard in their fast attack boat removing a magnetic mine that failed to detonate from the side. Of one of these tankers, they were removing the evidence that could be tracked to them. It's quite clear that the United States intelligence community would not put out a videotape purporting to show um, the Revolutionary Guard's fast attack boat removing this mine if it were not the authentic item. It would be too easily debunked. And yet they're still out there calling this a false flag. And on occasion, I do agree with Marco Rubio, who tweeted out the skepticism in these stories on Pentagon claims that Iran is responsible for tanker attacks is stunning. Is it their theory that dozens of career military professionals are complicit in fabricating evidence of Iran's role? That's absolutely right. This video was taken right after the attack, by an American helicopter that was in the area. Do they believe that the helicopter crew that uh, that filmed this was being played? Do they believe that this uh, fast attack boat that they filmed it was really a glorified fishing boat? But it's very similar to the ones that we saw approach and take our uh, disabled um, patrol boat hostage... During the um, during the uh, Obama administration, it's the exact same kind of boat, and you can see, um, you know, about eight or ten crewmen on the deck. That most certainly is uh, is an Iranian patrol boat removing that unexploded ordnance. So, Tom Cotton. Um, has this exactly right. Tom Cotton is a a, um, a military officer and veteran of the Iraq war. He understands the importance of these issues and that the best way to avoid an all-out war is peace through strength. And part of that peace through strength is letting the U.S. Navy do its job in keeping these sea lanes open and neutralizing any threats on the high seas. Here's Tom Cotton. I believe he was appearing on uh, Meet the Press.
1: Uh, You have long been defined as a hawk on Iran. You see these recent attacks. These are commercial vessels, not military installations. Uh, What kind of response is warranted?
2: Well, Iran for 40 years has engaged in this kind of attacks uh, going back to the 1980s. In fact, Ronald Reagan had to reflag a lot of vessels going through the Persian Gulf and ultimately take military action against Iran in 1988. These unprovoked attacks on commercial shipping warrant retaliatory military strike.
0: I tell you what, we need to, uh, you know, and, and President Trump has offered to speak and resume negotiations with the mullahs in Iran, and he had the uh, uh, Prime Minister Abe of Japan delivered that message firsthand, and the uh, the Ayatollahs over there rebuffed the effort. And their position is that war is unavoidable if the United States does not lift sanctions. That's a direct quote from this Ayatollah Khomeini. Yesterday I, I uh, called the previous uh, Ayatollah that, um, that came to power after the Shah Khomeini. He was Khomeini. This guy is Ayatollah Khomeini who is trying to use the specter of an all out war in Iran as leverage in order to get the United States to lift these crippling sanctions on that regime. The president has made it quite clear that the only thing that would result in these sanctions being lifted would be for Iran to abandon its nuclear weapons program. And Oh, by the way, all of these um, these uh, weak need isolationists that have been saying that Iran wasn't engaged in actual uh, a nuclear weapons program that that was just peaceful nuclear power have once again been uh, proven wrong. That in fact Iran is now threatening to. Um, to resume its nuclear enrichment program with weapons grade uranium or just short of something that can be further refined uh, very quickly and easily but again these are issues that we don't need to delve into we don't we don't need to even consider an invasion of Iraq we don't need to consider uh, any sort of military action on the ground in the theater other than protecting our embassy and embassies and other military installations of which we ought to be uh, dismantling and removing as soon as possible. But if Iraq or if Iran comes out and challenges the U.S. Navy on the high seas, they are engaging in a provocative action that, will, uh, that must, I should say, be retaliated against. By sinking uh, the attacking vessel, determining its point of origin and blowing the hell up, blowing that the hell up as well. No invasion required. So this is a very complicated issue. I do trust Trump's instincts to keep us out of foreign wars at the same time projecting military power and not taking any crap. From these uh, religious fanatics that that uh, are holding the Iranian people and the nation of Iran hostage, so I'm going to play you a clip here. This is uh, the Saudi foreign minister on CNN with Wolf Blitzer talking about um, what in fact Iran has been up to in a, in its efforts to provoke. The United States and uh, and get these sanctions lifted.
3: We have uh, no reason to disagree with the Secretary of State. We agree with him. Iran has a history. Of-
0: I played those out of order. I need to play uh, Pompeo first. This is Mike Pompeo. After these most recent attacks, uh, th- this is the case Pompeo makes that uh, all of these weak need. Um. I guess I would call them or uh, are, are questioning. This is
3: only the latest in a series of attacks instigated by the Islamic Republic of Iran and its surrogates against American and allied interests. And they should be understood in the context of 40 years of unprovoked aggression against freedom-loving nations. On April 22nd, Iran promised the world that it would interrupt the flow of oil through the Strait of Hormuz. It is now working to execute on that promise. In early May, the Revolutionary Guard Corps attempted the covert deployment of modified DAOs capable of launching missiles. On May 12th, Iran attacked four commercial ships near the Strait of Hormuz. On May 14th, Iran-backed surrogates attacked by armed drones struck two strategically important oil pipelines in the Saudi Arabia. On May 19th, a rocket landed near the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. On May 31st, a car bomb in Afghanistan wounded four U.S. service members, killed four Afghan civilians, and wounded bystanders. Yesterday, Iranian surrogates fired a missile into Saudi Arabia, striking the arrivals terminal of an international airport, injuring 26 people. Taken as a whole, these unprovoked attacks present a clear threat to international peace and security a blatant assault on the freedom of navigation and an unacceptable campaign of escalating tension by Iran. Prime Minister Abe made a trip, a historic trip to Iran to ask the regime to de-escalate and enter into talks. Iran's Supreme Leader rejected Prime Minister Abe's diplomacy today by saying he has no response to President Trump and will not answer. The Supreme Leader's government then insulted Japan by attacking a Japanese oil oil tanker just outside of Iranian waters, threatening the lives of the entire crew, creating a maritime emergency. Iran's foreign minister today responded to these attacks. He said sardonically, quote, Suspicious doesn't begin to describe what likely transpired this morning, end of quote. Foreign Minister Zarif may think this is funny. But no one else in the world
0: does. Well, it's not funny and the fact that uh, these, um, these peace nicks, um, these weak-kneed Republicans and these, um, these cynical Democrat presidential candidates are questioning whether or not Iran is responsible for this when we actually have videotaped evidence is, uh, is really shameful and um And this genius, Pete Buttigieg, uh went on uh, face the nation and uh, and did his part along with Beto O 'Rourke and the others of the Democrat field in undermining america 's resolve in uh pushing back against iran when it's uh, when it 's engaged in these hostilities on the high seas. there is certainly uh
2: concern. ...that uh, this is consistent with a pattern of malignant behavior by Iran. What I'm also concerned about is that this appears to be part of an escalation
0: where this... So you'll see what he does is he uh, he uh, does the perfunctory uh, acknowledgement of the obvious that Iran is engaged in malign behavior, and then he turns right around and attacks the Trump administration. ...behavior by Iran...
2: What I'm also concerned about is that this appears to be part of an escalation where this administration might be leading us on a path to war that could get away from this White House very quickly. Uh, look, it, it is nothing new for Iran to be acting in destabilizing ways in their region. We see it quite a bit. Uh, the question is, what are we going to do to make things more stable before the situation becomes so what
1: would you? Do?
0: Well, I can tell you what we do. We do exactly what this, uh, this administration is doing. It uses economic sanctions to try to get iran to abandon its nuclear program and the next thing it uh, should do and i believe will do under trump is start sinking these um these iranian vessels in the persian gulf when they approach our our naval task force because they have proved that they are hostile combatants well, first of all,
2: engage our allies. Uh, we are not alone. At least we shouldn't be acting alone. And if we want to see stability in the Middle East, we should be engaging with our partners there, as well as allies like our European partners, who are such an important part of the Iran nuclear deal.
0: Oh, my God. Well, first of all, we are actively engaged with our allies in the Persian Gulf. We are totally operating hand in glove with Saudi Arabia and Qatar and the United Arab Emirates and the other um, nations and the uh, Gulf nations. And as far as making common cause with the Europeans, if we wait around for Europe to grow a spine or a pair, we'll be waiting around forever because what they want first and foremost is Iranian oil and they don't give a damn whether or not they destabilize the region. Uh, uh, The European allies are perfectly willing and happy to placate their populations with, um, you know, comforting, peaceful tones to their leftist um, electorate while allowing the United States to carry the water and do all the work in trying to contain Iran's nuclear ambitions. It's really quite disgusting. Beethoven O'Rourke also uh, is, is out there saying that uh, that the Trump administration is gunning for war. And he appeared on the PBS NewsHour. You know, I, I, I don't understand why the U.S. government is subsidizing a left-wing propaganda outlet like PBS and NPR, National Public Radio, to continue to undermine this nation's interests but whether you agree with uh, the public broadcasting or national public radio they're that they're not necessary why why is the united states taxpayer on the hook for subsidizing reportage that actually is against the national interests so o'rourke goes on with uh, judy woodruff says i understand the nostalgia Uh, Where is it? I'm sorry. Oh, I can't find it. Let's see. Here we go. O'Rourke accused the Trump administration of gunning for war in Iran. Hours earlier, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo shared a U.S. intelligence assessment that blamed Iran for the second tanker strike in the Gulf of Oman. O'Rourke suggested that the American conflicts with Iran can and should be resolved peacefully and with diplomacy with help from our allies. Well, we're doing that, and Iran is striking out. He's quoted as saying, I want to make sure that we rejoin our partners and friends that this president has turned his back on so we can achieve our foreign policy goals in the Middle East. But you know, our first foreign policy goal in the Middle East is to stop Iran from uh, from lashing out and attacking the uh, lanes of shipping there in the Persian Gulf. These candidates should be uh, supporting this administration, speaking with one voice, but instead they're doing like they always do and undermining America's interests. We've got to run out to a break. We're going to, you're going to hear two commercials and then we'll be right back. We're going to talk about the latest developments on the, uh, the border right after these messages uh, right now with Jim Dawes. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America-first perspective on the Mojo 5.0 radio network and streaming on demand on your favorite podcasts. Well, yesterday, the New York... I'm sorry, the Washington Post published about a 3,000-word article titled The American Dream is Turned into Hell. In test of a deterrent, Juarez scrambles before U.S. dumps thousands of migrants. So now we're dumping migrants in Mexico, the same migrants that were being allowed by Mexico to transit 2,000 miles through its uh, country from its southern border to the United States border where they, uh, they waltzed in and set up house in the United States. And this article in the New York Post is absolutely disgusting. It goes on and on with this sad story about how these poor towns on the border in Mexico are being overwhelmed now that Mexico has agreed to accept these migrants that have applied for asylum in the United States while they await their hearing. Excuse me. And I don't recall ever seeing the Washington Post or the New York Times or any of these other left-wing outlets uh, give such a heart-rending version of what's happening to American cities across this nation that are having thousands and thousands, tens and hundreds of thousands of these illegal aliens dumped upon them. But they go and they interview you know, relief agencies and government agencies, and they talk about what a strain these migrants that, a Mex- that Mexico allowed across its southern border, what a strain they're putting on local resources. And the clear subtext of all of this is that the United States is heartless for forcing Mexico to house these migrants while they wait for their asylum hearing, and what they should do is just let them in and turn them loose on American cities instead. It's really unbelievable. It goes on and on about these poor migrants that were planning on coming into the United States and getting work permits and food stamps and free health care and housing assistance and all of these other benefits. Now that dream has been dashed and they've been forced to wait in Mexico where the benefits are not nearly so generous. Cry me a river. The United States has a legal um, pathway to immigrating to the United States, and we accept more immigrants every year than all of the nations in Europe combined. Combined. But we're the, the giant um, you know relief valve for all of the third world, and it's not just Mexico and South America. Now we've got record numbers of African migrants showing up at the Mexican border. That have spent thousands and thousands of dollars to come in from the Congo and Angola and other uh, other African nations. They're flying into Ecuador. No, Venezuela. They're fi- they're they're flying into Ecuador. That's right. They're flying into Ecuador because no visa is required for them to do so, and then they're. They're transiting up through Central America, through Mexico, showing up at the southern border and claiming asylum. Whereupon, they're prompt, they have been until now promptly released into the United States. They go up to uh, Portland, Maine, and Lewiston, Maine, and uh, areas around Minnesota to suck off the teat of the taxpayer where they know they'll get housing assistance and food stamps and work permits and all so- sorts of other goodies. Why would they even ever bother trying to immigrate legally? Why would they wait in a queue for their opportunity to, to immigrate legally when they know that the Democrats have set up a de facto open border that they can just waltz through and begin enjoying the uh, the, the many benefits that are set up by these relief agencies for asylum seekers? They're wrecking our hospitals, they're wrecking our schools, they're crowding our jails, they're committing crime, they're totally unvetted, unscreened, they may be carrying Ebola or other third world diseases. Do you think it's just a, a coincidence that at the same time of these unprecedented numbers that are flooding across our border, we're starting to see diseases that were thought to have been eradicated? In the United States, it's so irresponsible, it's just breathtaking. And the Democrats are determined that this is going to continue to happen for two reasons. One, they want to displace the traditional American voter so that they can have a third world voter that, uh, that wants more government benefits. They want to install Marxist socialism, and they see changing the electorate as a means toward that end. And two, they want to deny Trump a, uh, an ability to deliver on his campaign promise to secure the border. And if you complain about the crime they're committing or the disease they're carrying or the, the wages they're suppressing or the damage they're doing to your schools or hospitals, well, you're just a racist. How dare you complain that these illegal aliens should not be here? At a recent uh, town hall with Julian Castro, he is a open-border zealot running for uh, the Democrat presidential nomination. I think he's got about 5% right now. A, um, a, a voter stood up and asked him, well, what about the crime they're committing? Should it, shouldn't we at least deport the ones that commit crime? Here's her question and Castro's response.
3: Um, so I personally have had my social security number used by an illegal immigrant. He was caught and then released on his own recognizance, never to be heard from again. Um, my question is, would you be willing to penalize offenders taking advantage of Americans by having them not released if they are known to be illegal?
0: Well, that seems like a pretty basic question. If they're committing crimes when they come here, they come here illegally, they uh, set up house and they begin committing crimes. Can we at least deport them? Here's Castro's response.
2: Thank you very much for the question. Um, Let me begin the answer to that question by saying, look, uh, all of us know as human beings that regardless of circumstance, whether people are rich or poor, no matter the color of their skin, what their background is, that people commit crime. Crime happens. Oh, crime
0: happens. We're not, uh, you know, we're not concerned with the fact that we have failed to vet these people or look, even know who they are. They could be axe murderers, rapists, terrorists. We have no way of knowing because they can't process them fast enough. They're just releasing them into the United States to wander around and, and uh, prey on American citizens. And I always hear this argument. Well, Americans commit crime too, but that's not the question. That's not the issue. We can't do anything about the criminal Americans that are already here. They are citizens and have rights and they need to be dealt with in the criminal justice system. But part of a sane immigration policy is you don't add to the criminality in your society by importing a new class of criminal. You screen those people and make sure you keep out the criminals. You make sure that people come in here have the ability to support themselves. That they're not carrying disease. And that they're not terrorists, quite frankly, that mean to do this nation harm. Mitch McConnell is trying to get through uh, this, this um, relief bill, or he was, they've, they've passed this relief bill and the Democrats stripped out money that was intended to at least allow this administration to deal with the humanitarian crisis on the border that they created a little-known fact is, during this last so-called omnibus bill that the president foolishly signed, it should, should have shut down the government again. But in that bill, the Democrats put all of these poison pills that said that um, you can't you can't defend the border if anybody has a child, then anybody that claims or is a potential sponsor of that child, or any member of that potential sponsor's household. Cannot be processed or even investigated by uh, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, and that is what's prompted this latest flood at our southern border. When when the uh, uh, people traffickers and the human smugglers found out about that, that was just a a signal from the Democrats to these illegal migrants. To come one, come all, and that's exactly what they have been doing. And so the Republican Senate attempted to attach a $5 billion rider to this disaster relief bill that would have allowed ICE and Customs uh, uh, and uh, Border Patrol the ability to at least deal with this flood, and the Democrats killed it.
1: It's um a... Real problem. I, last uh, week or two ago, we passed a, a, a supplemental uh, for the floods, you know, storms, damages right. we had in Puerto Rico, and Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Nebraska. In the Senate, we wanted to add to it at roughly $5 billion the President's requested to deal not with the wall, but just the humanitarian part of the crisis at the border. The Democrats insisted on stripping it out. So I'm going to bring it up freestanding next week and see if they really aren't interested in dealing with this massive humanity that we have to take care of at the border. Uh, What's the objection? This is not about the wall, but about the humanitarian crisis. Actually, I think it's safe to say the president is getting more cooperation out of Mexico than he is out of congressional Democrats. The
0: congressional Democrats are actively at war with the American people. They're trying to replace the current electorate with a future electorate that will guarantee them electoral victory. They're trying to turn the United States into California. If you want your tax dollars to go to pay for health care for the entire world, if you want sky-high taxes, high crime, terrible schools, Mass um, unemployment, low wages. The highest illiteracy rate in the nation is in California. In a period of 25 years since uh, the floodgates were opened to illegal immigration in California, California went from the most prosperous state to the state with the highest poverty rate and the most literate state to the state with the highest rates of illiteracy in just 25 years. That's what the Democrats have in mind for the rest of this country. And they've, they've set up this false narrative that somehow um, families are being separated on the southern border and how cruel that is. Well, let me tell you something. Throughout this nation, hundreds of thousands of times a year, parents and children are separated when their parents are arrested why would illegal aliens be treated better than citizens in that regard so when you're arrested as a citizen and sent to jail if you have children they're placed with relatives and if you're you don't have a spouse to take those children they will place them with an aunt or an uncle if there's no relative to place them with they will place them in foster homes or group homes these are this is exactly what's going on on the southern border but to hear aoc and the rest of the lunatic democrats describe it this is some sort of concentration camp and crime against humanity happens to american citizens hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times every year it's a joke tom holman was on fox and he was talking about some of these false narratives that the democrats try to frame about what goes on on the border
1: the false narrative being pushed by the Democrats and most of the media is that you know the the the, the, the Trump policies are inhumane and so forth. But if you actually look, let's look at a couple of data points. In FY12 under the Obama administration, ICE removed and arrested 409,000. Last year, ICE removed 256,000. So. Far more, you know, removals back in FY12. And if you look at, you know, I think when they talk about too much enforcement, they're talking about the zero tolerance and family separation. But people need to understand, again, a false narrative by the Democrats where I was there in in FY15 when those facilities were built. The the so-called cages, which I don't call cages, they're large facilities to keep children away from adults. They were built in FY15. You know, uh, a separation of family members that weren't relatives was happening in FY15. So, again, it's a false narrative. If they really were educated educate them what exactly this president is doing look the data 89% 9% of every uh, 9 out of 10 of everybody ICE arrested this past year were either convicted criminal or pending criminal charges the trump administration doing a great job problem is we need to get out there and educate american people on facts versus the false narrative being pushed by the democrats and the in the liberal media yeah no
0: well, it's very difficult to go out there and educate the people when you've got ninety percent of the left-wing media uh, spinning these lies and falsehoods. And this uh, recent story in the Washington Post, this uh, so sad tearjerker about these poor Mexican cities having to deal with the the problem of their own creating by allowing the uh, these Central American migrants to flood across their southern border, is a prime example. The Democrats are bound and determined to destroy this country. And the the most recent example is the New York uh, state legislature recently passed a bill to give driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Of course, that will have the desired effect of registering these illegal aliens to vote because of this nationwide motor voter registration. And of course, Andrew Cuomo has signed it into law. So now the 265,000 estimated illegal aliens in New York will be added to the voter rolls further ensuring that the people of New York will never be able to break out of this uh this democrat plantation that they've constructed up there I think that number of 265,000 is probably half of the number of illegal aliens that are actually in New York but that's uh, that's what they acknowledge so in addition to the Millions of illegal aliens that are registered to vote in California and Illinois and other of these states where they give illegal aliens driver's licenses. Now we have added New York to the list. So uh, Trump has announced that uh, next week they're going to begin uh, deportations of illegal aliens in earnest, I believe, but when I see it, he said in a pair of tweets that ICE will begin the process of removing illegal aliens who have entered the, the country. He says next week, ICE will begin processing the removing and removing millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the United States. They will be removed as fast as they come. Mexico, using their strong immigration laws, is doing a very good job of stopping people long before they get to our southern border, Trump says. Guatemala is getting ready to sign a safe third country agreement. The only ones who won't do anything are the Democrats in Congress. They must vote to get rid of the loopholes and fix asylum. They're not going to do it. The only way you're going to get any sort of strong immigration laws in the United States is to vote out the Democrats. And even then, it's going to be an uphill battle because of the, uh, the cheap labor lobby in the Republican Party. So, uh, if Guatemala, in fact, does sign a safe third country agreement, that would be huge uh, because it would require these uh, these migrants coming out of El Salvador and Honduras and these other uh, South American countries once they enter Guatemala on Mexico's southern border to declare asylum there because it is a safe third country. And it will scuttle their claims for asylum in the United States. Like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, a lot of these um, ambitions by the president have been thwarted by the deep state and the bureaucracy. And I suspect it'll happen again with this. So yesterday I talked a little bit about this uh, this, this story that... Um, the New York Times published claiming that the United States has ramped up attacks on the Russian power grid. And I believe what is going on here is that um, that the deep state that is now being pressed by uh, John Durham to explain itself in the origins of the Russia hoax. Are planning these stories to try to undermine the administration and basically use their tactic of leaking and lying to uh, to undermine the administration. But um, it appears that the CIA is is running scared in this regard. Last Wednesday, the intelligence community launched its first attack. On the Attorney General Bill Barr's investigation into illegal act, its illegal acts and abuses of power during the 2016 election, in a Times article titled "Justice Department Seeks to Question the CIA on Its Own Russia Investigation," the um, IC makes it clear that it's that it fears Barr's investigation of their spying operation on the Trump campaign. The article was obviously written and dictated by the intelligence community sources. They cite current and former American intelligence officials. You can read that to mean John Brennan, James Comey, and Jim Clapper. They're trying to undermine this uh, this joint CIA-FBI uh, investigation of their operation and John Durham he um he says we can easily deduce the fact that they who ran the sp- uh, uh, uh that those who ran the spy op including CIA De- director Gina Haspel are running scared from the Durham investigation so you got to start with the sourcing of this uh of this New York Times article current and former american intelligence officials that includes all of the people that were in obama's white house comey's fbi brennan cia and everyone else who has ever held a government job for example in the obama white house the third paragraph of the story says while the justice department of review is not a criminal inquiry it has provoked anxiety in the ranks of the cia according to former former officials Senior agency officials have questioned why the CIA's analytical work should be subject to a federal prosecutor's inquiry. Yeah, they don't like it when the, the the spotlight is put on them. And they've got a lot to answer for. And really all of this is going to lead back to a rogue operation conducted by John Brennan in concert with the White House. Using the intelligence agencies and later the law enforcement agencies in order to attack the presidential campaign of the opposing party. It's pretty damn clear that the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act was; uh, these warrants were ginned up by the intelligence community in order to spy on the Trump campaign, and you 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 combine that with all of these other activities that went on, and you've got what's shaping up to be the exposure of the greatest political scandal in American history. So we're being told again and again that all of these Democratic candidates could beat Trump in the general election. What a joke. What a joke. These are the same pollsters that assured us in the run-up to uh, November 2016, that Hillary Clinton was going to beat Donald Trump hands down. It wasn't even going to be close. Now they've trotted out the same cast of characters to tell us that Pete Buttigieg would beat Trump in the general election. And Bernie Sanders would too. And so would uh, Elizabeth Warren and most certainly Joe Biden would. I don't believe it for a second. Right now, Trump is, uh, is getting ready for a rally today in Orlando, Florida, announcing his 2020 presidential bid, and people have been lining up already for, uh, for more than 24 hours in the thunderstorms, hundreds and hundreds of them. Trump has had more people line up, queue up for his announcement rally than Joe Biden can draw to his actual rally. you gotta be kidding me you expect me to believe that you got uh, joe biden out there on the trail uh, drawing 85 people to a, a high school auditorium trump's got hundreds and hundreds lining up days in advance for one of his rallies and we're supposed to believe that joe biden would beat trump in a general election it is a joke I've got a clip here. This is a a reporter for Bill Mitchell's um, webcast, America's Voice, outside of the uh, Amway Center in Orlando.
1: Good morning, America's Voice. We are here live at the presidential rally today. As you can see, there are people already lined up. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 80 degrees out. These people are ready to suffer through the hot weather. And at 1 o'clock today, we're going to have some major thunderstorms. But these folks camped out yesterday. They stayed through thunderstorms. They're going to stick it out again today. These doors to the Amway Center, they're not opening until 4 o'clock. So these folks are in it for the long haul.
0: It's the same thing we saw in 2016. Trump filling up arenas, three and four rallies a day. Hillary Clinton couldn't draw 200 people. They they would have to take Hillary Clinton's uh, attendees and put them behind her to give the illusion that there was a crowd there. They didn't dare turn the cameras out into the crowd because you would see a, a, a empty auditorium. She played the empty auditoriums again and again. And Joe Biden is doing the same thing. And Joe Biden was supposed to be the big gun for the Democrat party that they were going to bring out to uh, take down Trump. His big, uh, draw to the Democrats is he could beat Trump. Well, turns out he can't even beat Elizabeth Warren, who has overtaken, taken him in the polls in Minnesota and Elizabeth Warren is uh is going to be the next big thing for the media to to promote. Elizabeth Warren, she's got a plan for everything. That's their line. She is uh putting out position papers and she uh she's got a position for everything. Well, I can distill down what her position on everything is. More free stuff. Elizabeth Warren wants a guaranteed minimum income. She wants a $15 an hour minimum wage. She wants free tuition, Medicare for all, which in fact means Medicare for no one. Medicare is not a welfare program. Medicare is a, a paid benefit. And if you put people on it that haven't paid into it, it just becomes a welfare benefit and collapses. So yeah, Elizabeth Warren will overtake Joe Biden because the Democrat base has become a Marxist party. And Joe Biden can't keep his position as a moderate old school Democrat and win in the Democrat primaries. His only claim to fame is he's the one that could beat Trump. And that's soon going to collapse because the leftists just cannot control their impulse toward Marxism. trump trailing biden and four other democrats my butt i mean uh, how how is it that they continue to take these pollsters seriously how many times do they have to be wrong if you've ever commissioned a poll you know that the pollster is there to tell you exactly what you want to hear that's how they make their money and these polls coming out of these uh, these fake news outlets, CBS and CNN and these other uh, PBS polls, they can't be trusted. Those people obviously have an agenda. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of America, or of uh, Talk. <laughs> I'll get it right. Of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you to come back again here tomorrow on the Mojo Five O radio network. I look forward to seeing you then.
2: Whether you're moving in together for the first time.
0: This can be your closet.
2: Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet. In your new home, for an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit Vivatals.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.